Join us for Captain's Campaign for Cures. If you plan to attend Vive or Hims this year, get a photo with Captain, our lovable service dog, and we will donate to Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation to find cures for childhood cancer. For every person in the photo, we will donate $1 to Alex's Lemonade Stand. All you have to do is find Captain, grab your friends, take a picture, share it on social media, and put the hashtag Captain Lemonade or This Week Health, and we will make that donation for every person who's in that picture. Our thanks to SureTest and CTG for helping us to end childhood cancer. Today on This Week Health. It's a process that starts first with protecting patient privacy, but then after you jump that hurdle, it opens up the doors to a whole lot more powerful research. Welcome to Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. For five years, we've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show partners, Meditech and Transparent, for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Today, we are joined by Billy Oglesby, the Dean of the Jefferson College of Population Health. Billy, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. We're going to talk about data and really the quest to leverage data in healthcare in new, better uh, ways that deliver outcomes for the clinicians and for the patients and the researchers for that matter. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Let's start here. What, what data are researchers looking for to do their jobs effectively? Well, I think, well, they're looking for a lot of things. I think two of the things they're looking for the most, I would say is accurate and comprehensive data to really fuel a lot of the advanced analytics that are needed to help informed decisions around improving healthcare outcomes. So they're looking for data that is very specific, very comprehensive. And certainly over the last few years, they're looking for data that live outside of the clinical medical record. So traditionally, a lot of research that was done in health systems or in health provider organizations was based on really solely the data that lived in the electronic medical record. But the more we know about social determinants and all the factors that influence health and healthcare outside of the delivery system, there's a growing need to add more data to those research data sets that live outside of the electronic medical record. And Jefferson is no different. I mean, I could go in a lot of different directions because we've talked a lot on the show about the whole person profile and how important that is because only 20% of health outcomes are really derived from right. the clinical side. And then all the other factors, education and where you live, I just all those, all those things add up to health. But what, what's the challenge of getting to that data and bringing all that data together? Yeah. Well, I, you know, the first thing is that all lives in different places. So there are different organizations, government agencies, research firms that have all of that data. So being able to share it is difficult. And the biggest challenge with data within healthcare organizations, payers, providers, is patient confidentiality. So it's finding a way to enable more researchers to have access to the data that they need, but making sure 
that we put all the privacy protections in place so that the data really speaks to what are the population level issues without getting into and potentially running into issues of data breaches of information that's at the individual level. So what are some of the approaches, some of the methods for protecting the patient data? Yeah, historically, it's been de-identification where you take some information and maybe strip out the name, address, maybe the zip code, you know, information that at least at the individual level, you could say, okay, well, I know potentially who that person could be living in a particular area. So historically, it's been basically de-identification, which in and of itself was certainly, it's a tool, but is not as effective as more sophisticated tools that actually are now using AI and machine learning to create what's called synthetic patients, to basically recreate the database of individual real-life people and their health information, but then applying AI and machine learning to basically recreate a data set that has all the same statistical properties at the group and population level but is not attributable. You can't reverse engineer it. You can't go back and figure out who the original person is. So that's a significant leap in being able to what used to be called anonymizing data, where really all you do is just strip out some of the identifiers. We're now moving into synthesizing data, which is a much more powerful tool to be able to protect patient privacy. Yeah, we've had several data scientists on the show who have essentially said that there's no such thing as de-identifying a patient data. They feel like you could, with enough data points, you could rebuild the original record. But synthetic data, you're essentially creating data based on, so you're looking at this record and then you essentially create all sorts of new variables and in fact, not variables, you're not changing the variables, but new factors that would make it almost impossible to re-identify that patient. That's right. And in fact, there are a lot of validity studies that have attempted to go back and try to trace looking when researchers actually have the original information and the synthetic information and try to go back and see if they can match it up and it hasn't been done. So it's a very powerful tool to be able to protect privacy, which then you could imagine what are the benefits that come with that, because it makes it easier to share the data with other researchers, makes it easier to merge data, maybe with other providers in a region, merging that data together. So you have even a larger data set to do even more powerful analysis. So it's a process that starts first with protecting patient privacy, But then after you jump that hurdle, it opens up the doors to a whole lot more powerful research. If you haven't heard yet, we're doing webinars a little differently this year. We got your feedback. You wanted community-generated topics, not vendor-generated topics. You wanted great contributing panelists, definitely not product-focused, more focused on the challenges and the problems that we were facing in healthcare. We are only making these available live. So we are making them more dynamic in nature and we're doing them on a fairly consistent time as much as we possibly can the first Thursday of every month. The next webinar is going to be on March 9th, which technically is not the first Thursday of every month. And I apologize for that, but I'm actually on vacation that day. So March 9th is gonna be the webinar. 
and we're going to continue our leadership series. We're going to be talking about the changing nature of work. And a lot of things have changed. The pandemic drove us to work out of our homes. What does that mean? What does it look like? How are we making decisions? Are we making data-driven decisions on that? How are we maintaining culture? How are we hiring? Are we hiring differently? Not only that, not only focusing on IT and the roles there and the challenges there, but also on the challenges that our health systems are facing, the changing nature of work as we move into working at hospital at home and some of these other care venues. What does that look like? Addressing the staffing challenges in the clinical side as well as the administrative side. So we are looking forward to having that conversation. Love to have you join us March 9th. Keep an eye out. We're going to announce who the panelists are going to be. I currently have my feelers out for some people, but you can count on the fact that we're going to have great panelists. We're going to have a great discussion. You can sign up on our website, thisweekhealth.com, top right-hand corner. The cool thing about that is you can put your question right in there. And I give those questions to the panelists ahead of time, and we make sure we integrate that into the discussion. So sign up today. Hope to see you there. Yeah, so... So the Jefferson approach to this is you do bring it together, you bring the data together, but then before you make it available to researchers and others outside of the medical record and some of the areas that we have put a lot of protections around, you're going to synthesize that data and then make that data set available to researchers and others. Is that pretty accurate? Yes, with a little exception, which is, so there is the data synthesis that happens behind the screen, but there's actually, it's not a data set that just lives there that can be accessed. It's actually a data set that has a front end on it where you can pick and choose what are the variables that you want, the data that you need. And there's a platform that we're using that also provides you an ability to do some analysis of that data all within the same environment. So you actually don't ever need to access all of the data. You have a user interface that allows you to pull the data that you do need. And there's an analysis environment where you can crunch all of the numbers so that all within one ecosystem, IT ecosystem, you're able to develop a research question, identify your patient population, enter in the variables, analyze it, and get some insight into what you're looking at. So you could build cohorts right into the yeah. right into the tool. Is That's that right. something you developed internally or is that something you went out and acquired? We partnered with a company called MD Clone, which is based out of Israel, but they have relationships all over the world. And so we partnered with them. They're a leading provider of these kinds of tools. We Our partnership with them started probably about two and a half years ago, where we were engaged in a lot of scoping, figuring out exactly what are the tools that could help inform not only research, but our education mission, because we're also a university, as well as our healthcare providers and a lot of the population health management goals that we have. So we actually spent a lot of time talking with MD Clone to see if the platform that they have not only fits the needs that we have now, but is something that can grow with us over time. So instead of us building this ourselves, we're partnering with MD Clone, and together we are building out all of the data assets and the platform that will help us answer some really key research questions, not only globally, but also specifically within our area in Philadelphia, but to also contribute our data and research insights to other researchers that are also a part of this network. So how much... 
I mean, you, obviously you guys are going out for grants and funding and all that kind of stuff. How much of this is self-service and how much of it is custom solutions for specific grants that are being applied for specific research that's being done? Yeah. Think of it is this where you the the platform that we have can address a wide range of use cases. So it's a platform where once we provision the credentials, what the user can and cannot look at, because we can still provision a lot of permissions around that. But you basically set that up around whatever the use case is. So if it's a student, for example, because you can have MD clone be connected to the classroom, where if students are learning about kidney disease, then not only they're learning the technical information, they can go into MD clone, pull actual real data to see what is happening with patients with kidney disease. What are the disparities? What are the barriers to treatment? How long does it take for patients to actually come in presenting with a problem versus, you know, other patients within the city? So there's a use case built around just education. And then you can take that model and then just replicate it for other use cases like researchers who wanna put together a grant application. You're able to log right in, pull some of the preliminary data, conduct some preliminary analyses. So you can put that in the grant application to let the funders know that you actually do have the data. You just need some grant funding to be able to work on it and be able to submit it. I know that you guys focus not only East focus on global issues, but I want to focus in on Philadelphia right now. How how is that solution going to impact population health in the Philadelphia market? Yeah, I, I think pretty significantly because it's going to allow us to better partner with other organizations around the data that we have to work together to identify the disparities and the inequities, and then be able to do something about it collaboratively. Again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, because we have to maintain the privacy of that data, having a way to synthesize it creates a lot of opportunities for collaboration and collaborative discovery. So I'm looking forward to once we fully implement the system, we're in the middle of implementing it now and testing it, that it will increase our ability to partner with other organizations, including providers, to better address a lot of the significant health disparities here in Philadelphia. Fantastic. Billy, I want to thank you for your time. Love the work that you guys are doing at Jefferson and really appreciate that since I do have family that lives in Philadelphia. Love any progress that you guys can make. Great. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Gosh, I really love this show. I love hearing what workers and leaders on the front lines are doing. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, the best way to do that is to let someone else know about our channels. Let them know you're listening to it and you are getting value. We have two channels, This Week Health Conference and This Week Health Newsroom. You can check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find them on our website, thisweekhealth.com, and you can subscribe there as well. We also want to thank our show partners, Meditech and Transparent, for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now. 